0: This is The Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 511, recorded on November 4th, 2021. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for The Average Tech Guy I'm your host Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV Studios here. Mike, the weather, like this is just Nebraska. Just keeps giving like little, very little rain, cool weather. It's God, it's so great. I just, I know snow is coming, but we, we are getting a fall this year. It's pretty great.
1: Yeah, but I was I was more grateful than anyone probably today. We just had beautiful weather today and so actually my boys uh, classroom is closed mm-hmm. down for 2 weeks. They had a covid exposure. Um, so my wife and I whipped out the calendars on the weekends and okay, which days can you take? Which days can I work from home? And today was my day. So I did an, an online continuing ed course while with the boys and luckily it was beautiful weather. They were outside riding their bikes and scooters oh, uh, yeah. almost the entire day. So I was like, yeah. "Oh, thank goodness it wasn't cold and rainy like it it could have been for uh, early November here in Omaha." I, I put a special weather tablet right up
0: by the camera right up here it's a little fire amazon fire that all it does is the weather now it's great it's 51 degrees i have no idea what that is in celsius that would be a okay. cool thing to put on the app like if i could see that in celsius as well so i could say that but gavin campbell is with us tonight gavin is up you're up in toronto right did i get yes. that right and yep gavin welcome to, to home gadget geeks
2: oh thank you very much I, I, it's Great to be here after listening to you guys for so
0: many years. I appreciate that. And and you came in, I reached out to all the Patreon supporters and said, hey, would you be interested in joining us? And, and a few, Eddie was on a, a, a while back. John joined us to talk about the e-bike. And uh, you said yes, and it's. It, I was like, cool, you know, <laughs> uh, good to get to know you. Really, um, I haven't, you, you're the you're a supporter I haven't spent a lot of time with, and so I'm just kind of glad that you, you said yes and we get to spend time on the show. Um, Gavin, tell us, uh, we, we know you're in Toronto. You, you got to do the obligatory weather. So how's the weather in Toronto? Um,
2: it's, I think we're at about 10 degrees Celsius. There you but, go. That's equivalent, I think, to about 50, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. just off the top of my head, it's close to that. Right. So it's getting cold. This weekend will probably be my last golfing weekend, you know, before we start getting into the single digits, I'm going to be getting my last mow in. So, you know, like, uh, we're wrapping it up pretty much this weekend. Yeah. I think
1: yeah, yeah. I look forward to that every year. I tried. I last weekend I mowed. I'm like, could this be the last mow? And then I was like, well, I use my lawnmower to also pick up leaves. And I was I, my say. trees have not fallen yet. So no, uh, not, none of my leaves are on the ground. So I'm going to yeah. have to do probably one or two more, uh, which is but, great. Cause I get to mow the lawn and get the leaves up at the same time. So probably one or one or two more, I think, cause it's not growing very fast. It's just the fact that it's growing just enough that there'll be probably still one or two more.
0: Gavin, do you, do you have a lawn that you have to, are you a lawn guy? Do you spend you spend any time thinking about it, or are you just kind I of like, nah? I okay. listen to you guys talk about it. You know, I, I sit there looking at my lawn
2: some days, and I, I feel the pain because in the spring it's beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, and then it reaches that point when you just see that little piece of grass growing up that you're like, wait, this doesn't look like it belongs here, and then it just keeps spreading, and then, you know, summer you regret it, and then fall it's beautiful again, so... Yeah, I, I try to take pride in my lawn, but it's a lot of work.
0: It is. And, you know, you're kind of even with, if, if we think about latitude-wise, you're kind of even with Boston. So even though we think of Toronto as Canada, you, you yeah. kind of have the same kind of weather as the Northeast, which is yeah. cold and snowy. But it's not like it's snowy all the time. And and I'm sure you get some, there's some beautiful lakes up in that area as yeah. well. Are right? yeah. you a lake Do You get out on boats, you do any fishing, any of that kind of stuff? Uh, fishing every now and then when I can go, but I actually live
2: right by a lake in Lake Ontario, so it's just at the end of the street. So you can go skating and stuff out there if you want fishing. Right there. there's a a river right by the house. You just go fishing in. Uh, they stock salmon on it, so nice. lots to do nice. in the area. And for the record, Boston gets more snow than us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Right?
2: Like really? like when they were yeah. digging out. They had some. They were digging out their cars, and we yeah. had no snow at that point. Right, so for some reason the snow misses us, and it's not as bad as people think.
0: Well, no, you would think you're. I mean, you're sandwiched there between all those lakes. You don't get that lake effect snow that like Buffalo gets and some of that kind of stuff.
2: I think we should, but it's for you some reason huh? it's been nice. You know, this year's going to kill us,
1: probably.
0: No, you
2: said. Yeah, but Boston has oh, had the it, it pretty bad.
0: Oh, nice. Well, um, Gavin, what do you do? Uh, uh, what's what's your day job? What kind of stuff? And you don't you can tell us as much or as little as you want. But yeah. what kind of what what brings you into the tech space?
2: day to day job. I basically administer um, what they call a Microsoft Endpoint Configuration Manager. It's a mm. endpoint management product. You know, I work for a small company called Manulife, which owns John Hancock in the states, um, and. This infrastructure basically manages all the computers globally for them. So, you know, SQL Server, Windows Servers, Linux Servers, I deal with like all that fun stuff. Man, it's a lot of work. That it sounds like like
1: like if you had asked me what my dream job would have been in college, like that was like, oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> like I love just like I, I I pretend that I have that at home and I try and like, oh, what system can I deploy to manage the three computers in my house? I don't know, but it just seems cool. Like, I don't know, that that sounds like it would be so much fun. You said I think you said yeah, how many thousand of uh, endpoints are you managing right now?
2: About 60,000 globally. So it it is a nice job until you get the three o'clock in the morning calls or
1: something like that. Yeah, that's true. Is is
0: that better than it used to be? I mean, has, has that kind of work gotten easier, harder, or is it just the same maybe over the last, you know, five to 10 years?
2: Um, you can do a lot more. It's a lot more powerful, but with all that, it's a lot more complicated now. Yeah, right. You know, you start getting into Azure integration and stuff like that, networking. It gets a lot more complicated. So, it's but you could do so much more. Yeah, and I just
1: like the hard part about that too. Is with sixty thousand things, that means you've also got roughly that many people involved, and oftentimes, you know, the error is between what do they say between the keyboard Sporting. and. and yeah whatever, yeah, whatever that phrase is, right? It's charing the person are going to do all these people who are probably also mm-hmm. causing issues with that machine. You're like, no, just leave it alone. Just, just, no, End yeah, users, yeah.
0: users are perfect. They never yeah, they're do perfect. They
1: never wrong. do anything. Well, well, it's and I, not their I, fault. I drive my IT department nuts because I'm like, oh, I could probably fix this. Right? I'm, I'm techie enough, and I bring it down. I'm like, why didn't you just bring it down before mm-hmm. you messed it up? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, um, as you look ahead... Uh, as far as in your role and what you're doing, what kind of future stuff are you looking forward to? Stuff to make your job easier or better? You got anything on the horizon that you're looking forward to?
2: Um, just in the future, uh, everything's moving to the cloud now. So like where I manage servers now and everything's on-prem, we're migrating roles and stuff into the cloud and Microsoft is our main vendor. They'll, they'll be updating and managing all the infrastructure in the cloud and we just, you know, run it from there. So that seems to be the future and where things are going, you know, no more active directory type stuff. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get away from that. Um, you, you know, when they're, they're introducing autopilot. So you know how you build a computer and you get that login screen, you know, when you, is this for work or school? Yep. Yep. So now they're working towards the whole, just select, give, send the user the machine, have them reset it, select work, log in with your work ID. And now it's going to connect to our networks and download all your applications and set up everything all for you at home. Right. So that's like the future.
1: And was that was that a big thing before COVID, uh, or was that really okay? Once COVID came around, like oh, now we really need to kick that into gear with people all being from home. Uh, COVID actually has been one of the fastest
2: drivers of technology in, in the company. I, I find like as soon as everybody started working from home, we started find, trying to find ways of doing things remotely um, because you had a lot of restrictions with our VPNs and stuff like that. So you know, and keeping yeah. things secure. So COVID's driving a lot of that.
1: You're getting a lot of love in the chat, by the way. All of a sudden, you know, you, you, we talked, just talked well, about what you do for a living. And it was like, everyone's like, hey. I saw that Intune or
2: SCCM it. one. I'm like, I'm surprised someone actually knows what it is. But yeah, Intune. And SCCM was the old name. They're calling it Microsoft Endpoint Configuration Manager now. So, but we still so call So which it SCCM. one are you? Um are you I deal with both of those. Okay. Those are two technologies that work together. Okay. Got
0: it. J- Jeremy says uh Autopilot was killing us recently. We weren't given rights to turn it off by our central IT and weren't uh, admins on a new laptop. Great in theory, though. And that's, yeah, is. that's, this the way it works, right, is you, they, they roll, and Microsoft rolls these things out sometimes. And they say, I mean, their marketing is so slick, like, this is gonna make your life so much better. And then, you know, five months later, it still doesn't work. And you're like, yeah, that wasn't. But they promised everybody all these things that just never really became a reality. And then, they fix them a year later, but they never tell anybody they do. And, you know, it's, that's the story. Gavin, you're the, I mean, you're, a, you're this, you're Home Gadget Geeks avatar when it comes to, you know, SysAdmin working in a Windows environment, you know, covering a lot of IT stuff. We're going to find out even more here as we, as we kind of get to know you throughout the show, as far as why you fit the show. How long do you think, have you been listening since the very beginning? And Did you come over from Home Server Show, or how yes. long have you been listening?
2: uh it mike when were you in university
1: uh, oh so well so so you started listening when i when i was the co-host because before me okay um no it, i was listening before, before you actually oh before me so i came yeah. on in uh 15 i believe okay right? i was Tim listening isn't when we you. talked about that in 2015 yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah we just we, we we a 200 show 200 something is <laughs> is where you get in here mike early 200s yeah.
2: It was before you because I actually, I was telling you, I have my N54L server downstairs oh, yeah. and I just booted it up because I wanted to install Unraid on another Unraid box on it. And I was like, these guys made me buy this. They convinced me to buy this. We did.
0: We did. <laughs> so that was a while ago. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Yeah. Now Gen 8, Gen 9, Gen 10 on those, uh, on those boxes. I don't have a single one left. But uh, uh, good for you for still holding on to it. I I think I got rid of mine just a year or two ago. I I held on to it for a long time. It just eventually didn't do anything. (laughs) Like, it was just kind of, it was just kind of too slow for a lot of the things. I love the configuration and I love the drives in there. And I kind of wish I had it back now. Uh, But I don't. I, 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 I sent it to the Recycle. So you can't get those things, you know, you just can't get those things back.
1: Um, I'm not familiar with that one. Is that one, I mean, was that user replaceable in terms of motherboard and CPU and everything? No, it, kind it was of just, almost no. all custom. Yeah. Okay. Kind of it, like a Drobo? Essentially. Had a four like, bay. Kind of
0: a like, well, sort of. I mean, it was kind of in between. It was, you could kind of do some custom figure configurations. We had users who, uh, Kevin Schoonover uh, had a CNC cut a custom hard drive mount for it, so you could okay. you could build some things for it, but you wouldn't put a you wouldn't put an industry standard motherboard in it. You know, it had a. I think Gavin, where the chips weren't weren't the wasn't the motherboard or the uh, the CPU soldered onto that thing.
2: Yeah, and yeah. like it was so tight in there that you can't well, just throw okay. any memory in there. It has to be a certain height memory because oh, you yeah, can't I get things it. back together. You know, um, it was a great little box though.
0: Yeah, it was a great, and like Joe says, it was a great Windows. A home server 2011 box. And we did, oh my God, we talked about those things for so long. <laughs> all the meetups and all those things we talked about. They're a good little box. Um, but it was, Mike, in that era, you know, home servers, they were, they were, that was a thing, you know, for, for folks to have, at least for guys like us, to have a home server. And, uh, and so they made these little boxes. They were, they were pretty cool. We talked to them a lot on home server shows. So, Gavin, that kind of brings back the memories. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um big thanks to John Maddox last week who joined us from channels. It was kind of fun to catch up uh with that and and uh it got me kind of back into my channel setup. Gavin, do you have you, you do do you do much with channels? Have you, you you've been using that maybe too much? I have some advanced information, but w- what's your relationship with channels?
2: Um so my channels I've been using it. I use it to record shows. Um like sometimes there's a couple football games on. I can't watch them all at the same time. So I'll set one to record while I watch another one. Um, and I've integrated. They have a Cody plugin. So I actually use it through Cody. I'm just waiting on them to add something to the plugin before I go full bore with the wife and say, all right, the channels,
1: um, uh, you know, because oh, right.
2: they got to add them. Um, I'm hoping they'll add like group support um i think they call it channel collections but pulling it from like an m3u file so it shows up as groups in cody um I, I, i've been talking to them about it i think they're working on it i don't know yet but once they add add that it's perfect
0: for me okay yeah it's it's a good little system uh mike to go last week. You can be honest, John's not listening.
1: Yeah, no. So I had I fired it back up, right? It was it was one of those dockers that I had just turned off, but i had left all the config up and unraid. Um so fired it up and and kind of talk to hannah about it my hand my wife and and she's like do we do we need to switch do we need to i'm like plex works great and i know how to use it and everything and she goes what's well, the big advantage and so we talked through like we talked about last week the whole kids sorting and everything which i thought was a really cool way that my kids could utilize it and i think we both just came to the conclusion you know plex works great and our kids with their tablets are just so used to boom 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 all around disney plus they kind of they have just their brains is so funny We think of that as being a pain jumping around. Oh, what's in what app their head just like, Oh, Paw Patrol. And they just know what app to go to, to watch it. It's just, it just works for them. They've grown up with these things. So what I thought was an issue wasn't even as big of an issue as I thought. So, uh, so we stuck with Plex. So Mm -hmm. as of right now, uh, still with Plex and, and, you know, a lot of the things we talked about with recordings, Jim's, I know you had a lot of issues with Plex when it came to scheduling recordings and channel detection or sorry, uh, commercial detection, things like that for us. And I don't know if it's because I have it on unraid with a, with a lot of power on it. I mean, I think it's got an i seven in there that, and really all the other stuff running on unraid doesn't take much CPU. It has a 1060 graphics card in there. Um, It, it works well. We, we don't really have too many complaints and I've got, got about 10 users total um, using that. And probably of, of those yeah. families too with a lot. So I feel like I would hear about it if we were having a lot more complaints with with the recordings. Because the most common thing for us is, even though you can't share the live recordings, is network television being recorded as a DVR. And a lot of the users that are, all well, the family and friends that I have on my Plex server, that's a lot of what they're using. So no complaints so far from us. So yeah, we're, we're sticking with Plex for now. Okay.
0: You know what I found is when I moved channels off of the NVIDIA Shield and moved it onto the Windows box. I just, I haven't had any problems. And I, It's I think almost was, like
1: some co-host of yours told you that that would probably <laughs> be a good solution like a year ago. I was like, are you sure? Are you sure uh, the shield is enough power? It's supposed
0: to. Sure? Supposed, to, it is, to. It supposed, supposed to be able to. It is supposed to be able to, to, right? to do it. But yeah. I think that was both my Plex and my channels problem. And yeah. so moving it on to, to a box. Gavin, what do you, so you're, you're Cody, your front end's Cody, right? Yeah. You, yep. you, you, what, what do you run that on?
2: Um, well, I have all Windows boxes. So I've been investing in like I would have an old laptop on one of my TVs actually bolted to the back of it. But <laughs> little Lenovo machines, they have the micro machines uh-huh. running Windows 10 and I have it on there. And Cody's just really my front end. My back end is I run MB. So MB okay. manages oh, yeah. the profiles right. and everything like that. And Cody yeah. displays it to the, right. uh, the users and we log in with our own account. So when my wife logs in, just her show show up when I log in, just my show show up. So it's kind of a clean interface.
1: It's so the, I've got it on that. Cause MB and Plex have always been, you know, just kind of, I had just pretty much the same to me, right? They do a lot of things. They both have maybe some niches that they do better in than the other. Did you ever try Plex or have you always just gone down the MB route? Cause I think I tried MB one time. I was like, well, this is good, but there's I didn't I didn't see any advantage, I would say. But I think yeah. a lot of people like love MB. Like MB users are very passionate that like this is the right, you know, platform for me to run all this stuff on.
2: And I liked MB because when I went to their forums and I would post a question, developers were actually responding to you and working oh, with you. So okay. when you have a feature or something you wanted to work they have a discussion with you saying well we've implemented it this way but what can we do to make it better mm-hmm. and you read a lot of that and wow. that i felt was not there with plex yeah right mm-hmm. um
1: yeah. That and like Plex for some reason, I I don't know, you know, my legal hat comes on here a little bit. And I thought the whole, they step, started going down this path of like their own content that now you have access to. And that just has been something that I just do not see any value in. And it honestly confuses every single user because it pops into your main stuff and where are you watching that from and why is all this stuff showing? I don't even like these shows. Like this is nothing I would want. Um, And I think it's kind of so they can have a a wink, wink, like, no, like we are our services so that we can have all this content for our people. Uh, But you know, has MB done that at all? Have they come out with, Hey, now we have a, a whole library of shows and movies you can watch. No, actually, okay. uh, MB they that's just good. manage it, and that's good. <laughs> I wish Flex yeah. wouldn't have done it. Yeah, and, and again, I don't
2: use their applications as a front end. I use Cody, so it's just oh, Cody's right. just. That's it's good. a plugin that syncs the databases back and forth. So I would bypass all of that, right?
1: Anyways, yeah. if they did. So Cody, is there does MB have its own front end that you could use? Yes. Okay is it so what's the benefit of using Cody versus MB then?
2: Uh, I prefer Cody because I'm a big harmony user so I can I can do a lot more with it. Um, uh, yeah. The keyboard support is so much nicer, you know um, I had the live TV coming from another source like channels instead, mm-hmm. right um, where I can do some other things. Um, then there's game integration. A lot of the stuff they've added though over the years because I've been doing this for so long. So they didn't have game integration. So I used to play old um, NES games like Super Mario Brothers or Tetris, you know, like, like through my Cody. That. Yeah. So it, it's been, it, I just prefer the Cody interface and it's yeah. familiar. And it's something I standardized through the whole house.
1: Okay. And none of that, that's all running on Windows, not on Unraid, huh? Uh,
2: Unraid is my home server in the basement uh, that I have set up and it has, Many Docker's on there running everything. So my MB server is actually a Docker on there. Okay. You know, and, and I have certain Docker's that will clean up the server of all our watch content. You know, delete them
1: all, stuff like that. Got it. Got it. I I, feel, I knew Unraid was going to come in there at some point. I, I think I think I'm you're a pretty big Unraid right user. I'm big. Oh yeah, that's something I want to dive into deeper here in a little bit. I was
0: going to say I think I'm going to go to the bathroom. All you guys can talk. I'll be back in about twenty. I'll be back in. in you can in nerd my, out on Unraid about, for a long time. Uh, twenty minutes. Um. Well, I get every time we talk about Plex or we talk about channels, I get the Cody, you know, there's some folks who do come in and talk about that. And so it is one I tried. I'm, I'm trying to remember, I think I set up a Linux box for some reason and was messing around with that. And I just never, I don't know, it just never, I, it never landed for me. It works for you. You're, you kind of like tinkering with it. You're kind of in that development community. I think that's the perfect spot for it, right? I mean, I think yeah. if you're, if you're thinking, You're right. Plex kind of comes at it from, we're going to tell you what you want. And then I kind of learned last week, you know, John over channels, they're, they're small, they're agile. They're kind of listening too. you know, they're like, huh, well, I didn't think of it that way, but maybe I should have. Did you, Gavin, did you get a chance to hear John from last week?
2: Oh yeah. I, I've been using, I've had actually had channels before that pod, that show. So I've been using it for a while and I I actually posted the show up in their forums because somebody Mm. was asking about, um. Android support and you know they're on a rant about it. And I said, Hey, listen to the show because he goes into it on the show. Right. So I posted the link to the show and then I've been talking with developers about a feature I'm looking for.
0: But cool, you know, it's great over there. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, thanks for doing that.
1: It's amazing how the community can really drive what products you use, right? You know, not to Unraid is another one of those for me that I just feel like the Unraid community, their forums, even just if you look at like the Docker support forum that they have for it and just their community forums, I feel like our number one, what I like about them is not very toxic, really hard to find community forums that don't get a little bit toxic or judgy or, you know, when you ask a question, you don't get just berated. Uh, That's one thing I love about the Unraid. So if, if those environments have the same sort of community support, I mean, just it makes all the difference.
0: Uh, agree well hey let's just talk about unraid you sent me gavin an email all the things that you do so tell me let's start with hardware what are you using i mean i think your unraid environment is pretty important to you so it sounds like you do a lot on it what 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 do you run it on
2: um actually i do a bit too much on it now (laughs) it's it's My machine's actually an older machine. It's probably over five years old. It's an old i5. And I'm now starting to hit that limit where the CPU is constantly running at a lot because I have a lot of Dockers on there. I have a lot of, you know, all my backups going on there. And so that's why I was building a second Unraid server. So the second Unraid server is a backup server now. So all my computers back up to that server on a schedule and dump an image in there that I can restore at any time. Right.
1: Okay, so we've got to dive into deep there, though. People are going to love all the nitty gritty details. So, what are you using to on the the desktops or laptops to back up? And then, you know, how do you, any? What do you run it on the server to capture those?
2: Okay, this is a little maybe
1: get a little complicated,
2: but I think you could do this through through the user interface. But the Windows 10 built in backup software. Um, it's actually, if you go into settings, it actually says it's for Windows 7. Really, but it still works really great. And wow. the reason. Um, I wrote scripts that will automate it through the command line. So the command WB admin.exe, I think, and then you can automate it through that and then I can deploy it to all my machines, et cetera. But I use that. And the main reason why is because restoring a machine is so easy. Mm-hmm. Your machine, if you can get your machine into um, what's it called? Not safe mode, but you know where it says um, the troubleshooting mode and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. You can actually do the restore from there, say restore from a network share, point to the network share it pulls it back it's like so easy right i don't have to find a usb you know unless the machine's dead right right right. um but i've just been using that i used to use other tools to back up but all the proprietary formats and stuff like that you know it's like when you actually did a restore i was like i gotta find the restore software and then please work or the drive's not the same size or you know something like uh the windows just works
1: okay that's good well and because that's what I've been looking for is I kind of I got really lazy and lax with with backups um and mainly because for me a nuke and pave if I if it ever crashes is sometimes kind of like a blessing in disguise I'm like oh, I probably need to nuke that and pave it anyway and with like everything for me is in onedrive right all my documents wise applications yeah I'm gonna have to re-download them but Again, another blessing in disguise for me because the ones I use the most are pretty easy to get back up and running. Right, your Adobe, your Chrome. Yeah. So much stuff is done in your web browser now that I really don't have many of those apps. So I think with a, with a lot of this stuff, I, I've I've gotten lazy just out of like I haven't needed to, and I've I've not lost a computer, but I've had to redo a computer a few times. And it's just like. Oh, that actually wasn't as bad as I thought. But yeah. if I could just restore some of the main settings and some of those stuff, I mean, that that's really what I need. Because that's the biggest pain for me is you go back in. Oh, yeah. What did I have that set to? And, and all that. So if I could have a restore point and if it's that easy, I might give that a shot Um, and just start running that over to my Unraid server. So yeah, then you yeah. just have a share over in your Unraid server and yeah. you just point it there and, and see yeah. them there.
2: Okay. And and I had some requirements. I wanted to do bare metal restores, or you know, I wanted to do image backups. I didn't want to do file backups. I wanted image backups. I wanted to be able to do incremental so I'm not backing up the whole drive every night, right? That type of thing. And this tool did it all. I saw Veeam mentioned. Veeam, I actually used before. It was giving me some troubles because I had it running in a Docker. I think the server was running in a Docker. And it's just after a while, I think the Endpoint was crashing on my machine or giving me some CPU spikes or something. And I just said, all right, you know, let me find something else.
0: I'm super, I'm super impressed that you're using like the legacy Windows backup to make it work. I mean, that's (laughs) crazy. And, and, um, but, but good for you. How many, so how many PCs or how many things are you having to back up in your network? Do you think?
2: Um, uh, i have about eight computers that i back up mm-hmm. to the thing and that includes all my cody boxes and stuff like that yeah. too right so they back up all on a schedule i have a script that runs and tells me if any of them failed and didn't back up in the last you know seven days then i can check mm-hmm. it and something's up um and then my unrate server i have backed up to uh crash plan
0: so oh wow yeah wow. i'm still that, a, crash that's a blast from the past yeah yeah you didn't ditch them huh Stay I couldn't,
2: I couldn't, for some reason, when I started looking at other, other products and their restore policies and stuff like that, I just ended up just staying with Crash yeah. Um, mainly because again, it runs as a Docker on my Unraid, they offered that so I was like, Oh, great, like, just runs on my Unraid and backs yeah. up Unraid.
0: Right, no, right on it's, it's, uh, yeah, I moved away from image backups, so I'd kind of just gone like Mike, I just kind of gone to files. So I, you know, I throw them out on this, um, this Moro data box that I have, and that goes a Backblaze B2. Couldn't be any easier. For me, it was much easier to understand the, at the file level. I need to get a file back. Because I'm like, I'm like Mike, I just nuke it and start over. You know, it's like, because I, I, I tried doing image backups, and it was very, very frustrating, to to your point, using a Cronus or all the other stuff, right, that all these backup agents never just seemed to work for me. You know, I'd go to yes. reinstall it, you know, and it'd be like, oh, there's this. And you're like, okay, good. what? Like, why can't, you know, and I end up nuking it anyways. You know, and yep. you d- I'd open up that backup to pull files out. I'm like, why am I not just backing up files? So I too have kind of switched to just worrying kind of about having individual files backed up. I don't, you know, with all the podcast stuff I have, I don't know, three, or four terabytes of stuff. So it's big enough that I don't want to, I can't put it on a OneDrive or some of those, you know, yeah. some some of those kinds of features. What else, Gavin? What else? Okay. So backups important to you. This is a blast from our home server show days, blast from the past. <laughs> Good to see somebody still doing that. What else from a, from an unraid standpoint? What else are you running? What's, what's kind of like second most important to you?
2: Oh, um, well, I have a vm running on there so i use a windows 10 machine to run scripts and stuff that you know i can't run in a docker or anything like that and if you're looking to run windows 10 the latest release candidate of unrate i think it was released yesterday adds windows 11 support sorry um in there so you can load a windows 11 machine and they also have a raspberry pi image that they added in that, that that's really cool because I don't have a Raspberry Pi, but I'm always hearing people talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's pretty cool that they added that. Um, But I, I made a number of dockers that do automatic things, right? It's just so easy to do. So like with my MB server, if the wife watches a show and it's a show we collectively watch. So if she watched it and then I have it marked as watched then it's considered fully watched, it will clean it up. You know, that's a Docker that automatically r- runs every um, every day to clean up old shows, you know, like a YouTube. I wrote a script to do YouTube downloads. So if, if I see a YouTube video, but I don't want to watch it now, I just add it to my watch later. It automatically downloads it, adds it to my MB and it shows up on my TVs and I watch it in there. You know, again, I'm big on automation. Right. So everything is with as little energy as possible. Um, once I get it going, uh, it
0: just runs in the background and keeps going
2: easily like that.
0: So, does it watch that YouTube script, and after you've watched it, does it delete it?
2: Um, actually, what it does is it it will log. It uses my credentials and it l- downloads my subscription. So, if I subscribe to your channel, gotcha. it downloads all the newest ones, and then it also downloads my watch later list and marks them as watched and marks them as downloaded, so it doesn't download it again. And then after I've watched it, it then cleans it off my MB server automatically. Mm.
1: And are these all scripts that you've written yourself?
2: In Docker, yeah. I, I took some time, I learned Docker, you know, I created my own Dockers. You know, it, it's a very powerful tool. I'm
1: envious of your skills. There are so many things I would love to do like that. And I sit down I'm like I have no idea how to accomplish that, like zero, not even not even the slightest clue. Uh, probably watch some YouTube videos and maybe get started, maybe learn some basics and, and get going. Um, but man, yeah, what a cool skill to have. Just because, like you said, if you love automation, a lot of that stuff, you got to custom do yourself.
2: Yes. You know? Yeah, I, I do a lot of home automation stuff. Uh, I have a lot of dockers on there that do various stuff. And sometimes I'll take someone's docker, and it either has too many features or... Something I just want a little piece of that Docker, so I'll download it, modify it, take out all the other stuff I don't want, and then make my own one out of that using just their code so I didn't have to recreate it from scratch. It's powerful.
1: Um, you've you've a hub- got request for your scripts in chat already. Justin Simmons says, uh, "Ah, yes, please share that script." <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if he's referencing the YouTube one or which one uh, one
2: of the one of the many you have I, on there. I don't mind sharing. I just don't want to become support for them.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. That's 100%. always the danger,
0: right? That's yes. always the, the danger in those. Is you're like, oh uh, no, I don't want to. Don't ask me why they don't work in your environment. That gets you know that gets yeah. kind of hard to. You're also a Hubitat guy, and you've heard oh, yeah. us talk about Home Assistant. How do you have you have you used both? You just sticking with Hubitat? Talk about a little bit about how you're using Hubitat.
2: So I came from. I originally had smart things. I kind of pushed that to the limit and got fed up of that. Moved to Hubitat after that. Um, I've tried Home Assistant. I've loaded it up in a Docker. I've logged into it and I tried to do some simple things in it. I just got lost. I just, you know, I was like, you know what? It feels like I have to learn a. whole whole new, you know, coding language and everything. So I didn't even bother. I'm yeah. a big Hubitat user.
1: Yeah, you kind of do. Home Assistant's one of those. You got to kind of sit down and devote, you know, a few hours to okay, just because it's unique, right? It's it's something yeah. completely different uh, than all their offerings, especially how it's how it's set up. Well, but if you're gonna use it simply, like <clears throat>
0: I found, uh, getting the Ring integrations working, uh, some of the some of the smart lights, the Hue stuff. Inside um, Home Assistant, pretty easy. I wasn't trying to – are you with Hubitat? Are you actually scripting things out, Gavin? Are are you – do you get that – you building anything for that? Uh,
2: Yeah. So in the Hubitat world, I've basically written all my own drivers, all my own apps, everything. I basically recreated everything on my own. It's a very powerful little box. Um, And I've just recreated And the main reason why is because I found out community apps – um, they're nice that somebody else developed them and everything, but then you know when something breaks, getting support sometimes is tough. Sometimes they have too many features on it, or they do something in a way that's inefficient. And mm. you, when you got as much going on in my hub as I do, I need to know every little thing going on on that hub because polling devices adds extra you know, cycle, CPU to cycle. So I don't want to pull for a status of a device every five seconds, yeah. right? Whereas some things like the MyQ integration was doing things like that, right? Um, so I've rewritten all my own stuff. So that's how I know it pretty well, well to do what I need to do.
0: Mm-hmm. I just, it made me realize I had had my Microsoft Surface down here and I used it as a home. It was kind of my home automation hub. And because it's a touch screen, then I had, home assistant that screen up 24-7. And I could turn lights on and off. And then Sammy needed, her; she had to send her school laptop back. So she's like, Dad, can I borrow your Surface for a while? Well, sure. So I said, and then I just realized, you know, I haven't looked at the, I haven't looked at the dashboard since I gave her the laptop, you know, three, four, five weeks ago. So I'm like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to bring that up and, and watch it again. So what do you think from a, what's your favorite in, in Habitat or with home automation, what do you think you either is your favorite or you use the most of?
2: In terms of like the hardware yeah, or, yeah, or devices? Just even,
0: yeah, just even whatever in the in the space. Like, what do you think you couldn't now, you couldn't live without? If it goes down, you're like, I'm oh, screwed. Oh, the whole thing, if it goes down, <laughs> it's like, I'm screwed. Um, yeah. But no, what do you when, I, when, I int-
2: when I integrated everything, I always make sure I have a manual way. So my switches are all they work manually or they work automated right that was one of my rules is you have to still be able to do things manually because when the hub if the hub dies for whatever reason we want to still be able to turn on the light right um i do so much i can't really pick a favorite that's the hub is my favorite right um and, and i guess with, with the wife it's the um she really likes the alexa integration that i put in there for her because uh you know every time she talks to alexa to do something it's like a little like a little piece of me inside just you know really feel appreciates it. Mm-hmm.
1: i agree on the on the manual side of things i've been really enjoying those those tp link casa switches right because you know like you said you know you got the physical switch plus automated you know i've been running into issues too where certain automations that i don't think how they'll affect everyone uh, I'll need to go in and turn automations off for example in our we have a, a kind of a, a powder room guest bathroom that's like right down the hall from my son's room and he's kind of getting that age where he's he's, he's like kind of getting a little scared of the dark he's like ah can we leave that can we leave that on and I have that one set too because they are notorious for going in there leaving the bathroom light on and coming out so I just have it turn off after 10 minutes it's so my wife's like uh, he wants that to stay on all night I'm like oh yeah wait where's that automation first of all okay home assistant go in and got to turn it off um, so, so some of those but I I Agree with the switches being manual, especially like when my in-laws come into town. Um, they don't do the smart house thing; they're not used to that, so they they need that physical switch when they come over. If I could have those, I think if I ever build a new house, it's going to be all switch. All of the switches are going to be smart switches, but I still have a manual switch. Yep. But being able to to control wirelessly as well.
0: You know, we the light in my garage I've set up uh, using the Amazon Assistant, and uh, the other day I went out there, it didn't come on. And I was like, ah, oh, go figure. You know, it's one of those kinds of things. I have to set this thing back up, you know, whatever. So I did nothing. And then the other day, it just started working again. Like, I was like, really? Like, okay, well, I'm just, I'm not going to try and figure it It's working now. <laughs> you know, and it really is just to have a motion sensor. I have one of those devices that has the speaker and the microphone on it. You can, so you can do voice commands through it. And that's got a little, little sensor. So when a senses movement it turns a light on. It's not really complicated, right? And, but uh, when it doesn't work, you're in the dark. It always, it's, you know, ah, now I got to find the switch. Fortunately, I put a, a, one of those light switches that has a light in it. You know, it's got a little, it illuminates so you can find it in the dark. But it is that, it, it is some, we, we had, did a whole show on how home automation can be frustrating because, you know, you just still, it's still not completely, you know, still not completely great yet. Yeah, I all. found.
1: A a good solution to that is um, Zigbee or Z-Wave and then making sure you have good signal connections between your hubs and, and your devices. Once I switched over to using all, I, I can't remember which one I used I think it's Zigbee, uh, all Zigbee motion sensors and I got that center spot that actually plugs into my Unraid server into Home Assistant. I got that in a spot that it, everything seemed to have good reception. All my issues seemed to go away. I, I think that's just this game of cat and mouse and making sure you do get good signal mm-hmm. to all those and then just relying on, not relying on Wi-Fi. For some reason for me, Wi-Fi still, you know, there's a lag component to it, and it's just a little not as um, reliable for me as Zigbee has been. Oh, I say that, and then I just talked up the uh, Casa Smart switches, which are all Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's all right, uh, but I don't have too many issues with those. Um, but my motion sensors—I have one in the laundry room, and then one in that bathroom we talked about. So right as you walk in, uh, the light is—I mean, I'm been shocked how fast that light turns on, how responsive it is every time. Justin in the YouTube chat says that, uh, he says, don't automate the
0: light, automate the switch. Uh, color changing is the only thing that should be kind of on the light. I think that's a good, John, John said, I stopped immediately troubleshooting tech problems, like waiting a couple hours or a day. They come back on many times. And mm-hmm. he, this has been my experience too. Like, ah, uh, I'll get to it later, you know, and then sometimes it a fixes itself. Especially with the uh, Amazon stuff. Yes. I find sometimes it just quits working for whatever reason, and then it'll start working again. Um, sometimes he does a re- reboot. Do you have, um, do you have a nemesis, Gavin, in, in, in your, in your tech setup there at home? Is there anything that you work with that you're like, oh, I just wish I could get rid of this? I, maybe you have already, but Anything like that in your network where you're you're just like, I'm going to kill this thing as fast as I possibly can? Um, right now,
2: and this will probably shock you, right now, it's my Eero setup.
0: Oh, really? Right?
2: Really? Wow. Um, well, why, tell me Eero about that. Eero was working perfectly fine for a little while, for a while, for years. And then about two or three months ago, they introduced a new update, 6.4.0. And ever since that update, it has been causing a number of issues with my Harmony hubs dropping off. So, you know, you're trying to adjust the volume and it doesn't work anymore. or Stuff like that. Um, people have talked. Um, I've had smart devices dropping off and coming back on in the forums. There's a lot of people complaining about it. They've since released a 6.5 update to that. Um, it didn't help. A 6.51 brought back my air printer but I'm still having my Harmony hubs and various devices jumping on and off. I've been working with support um, and I feel like I'm getting nowhere at this point with them. I'm now starting to look at what are other options out there um, because they we've gotten to the point where I've reduced my network down to just Eero before I had a PFSense router going mm-hmm. through the Eero. So, I, OK, I got all rid of all that. I've simplified my network as much as I can. And they're still blaming it on something. I'm saying it can't be that. It's been working perfectly until 6.4. Um, it doesn't make sense what they're where they're looking at um but i'm just working with them to see if they come up with something the latest thing they're saying it's my isp dropping and i would run ping and and watch everything drop off and come back on and it's still up it's not the isp so i think they're not sure at this point people in the forums
1: aren't sure at this point so that's the one thing driving me nuts well does harmony hub even connect out to a cloud service isn't that or is it all local
2: um, it does a bit of both. So my integration okay. with it from Hubitat is all local, um, but uh, it does do some connectivity out to the cloud to get the commands and to sync and stuff
1: like that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, John- they're always pointing the finger at each other, right? It's a, it's always ah, so it's, it's so, it's this. so complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so
0: complicated, and and the more vendors we get, which is good, you get innovation that way. But the more vendors you get, of course, the more confusion it causes. Um, John says turning on all the Christmas lights at once with the, with the Amazon device was a real winner for my wife. Uh, She used to go to six windows uh, to plug in candles Mm -hmm. and that here's, and maybe you guys will sympathize with me. Here's where this doesn't, the Christmas tree every year. So I think, do I, okay, do I have an extra, do I have an extra, you know, plug, Wi-Fi plug hanging around? No. All right. So I order one. And then I plug in the tree, we use it for a month, right? And then I unplug it. And then I can't let that thing sit around for, like, it can't just sit. So I deploy it somewhere else, right? And then the very next year, you're like, what did I do? Oh, yeah, it's running a light that I've become very dependent on. So I got to go buy another one. Here's the problem. The one that you bought last year, they don't sell those anymore. You got to get a different one, right? And it uses a different app. Or it, like, or the app, you go you go to log into the app from from the one that you bought from last year, and that app's been discontinued. And you're like, okay, how do I it's it's still working with the A Lady, but you're like, how do I I do it? So it yeah, you guys are shaking your head. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, right? I was gonna
1: I'm so glad I'm not the only one that deals with this because every year I pull out the Christmas. Tree, I'm like, oh yeah, I went and put that on Something else, okay. and it's already been. And then it's gotten even worse now that I've gotten in really deep into Home Assistant because now that thing is not just tied into an app, it's tied into Home Assistant, it's automated. There's all these things tied to it. I'm not switching that, so I'm always ordering another one. I've run into the same exact thing every year. Yeah, I think this year you just reminded me I should probably put that order in on Amazon now. Yeah, you no, know, right now. This on. smart, I'm trying to remember how many I need. I think I only do three. Um, I don't need the, now I need six. That, that's a power user for Christmas stuff. Uh, I think I need about three to get all my stuff done.
0: Well, it, it, it probably it's pays just to buy a
1: three pack. Anyway, I think so. Right? Yeah. It, I'll, I'll go with the TP-Link cost stuff. Cause all my smart, yeah. my yeah. X, uh, my, my switches in the wall and my outlets are now, I'm kind of solidifying those on, on uh, a, that,
0: um, that's where I'm, that's kind of yeah. working too. Gavin, you, during the holidays, you guys do anything special to, to with, with, Lighting or outdoor stuff, do you get festive at all during the season?
2: Oh, yeah, the lighting goes up, the trees go up, and everything like that. And you know, of course, I automate it so that the tree lights come on at a certain time and go off yeah. at a certain time. Yeah. Um, but I don't move my switches around, um, like you guys yeah. do. So when my plug is there and we, we're done with the Christmas tree, I leave the plug there because it's ah, also. It's Smart. also my Zigbee router too. So if yeah. I took that plug out, other things stop working. Yeah. 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 So I leave it there and don't redeploy it.
1: Oh, that's a good point. I do have a Zigbee router plug that's just not being used. right. It's plugged in as a as a hub, but it's nothing's plugged into it over in the corner. There we go. You saved me one. I'm going to go move that over. <laughs> get that. He'll have it done before the show's over somehow. He'll yeah. move yeah. it by next week. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's, it is, uh, it's one. I now have to kind of, I like that idea of just leaving it. So maybe I need to think about buying the plugs because I kind of buy those long ones and they've got smaller round ones now that aren't so bulky. You know, they just don't look like, Hey, I'm a smart plug. Right. And, and maybe I need to get some of the smaller ones and to use your methodology, just leave them there. Like even, well, but that's hard for me because then there's nothing plugged into it, right? And I'm thinking, I could be using this somewhere else. It's that stupid maximizer in me. but So you don't struggle with that at all? Huh? You're okay just to leave it? All right. I, I have enough extra
2: plugs sitting around that that one's not bothering me, right?
0: Yeah. And then
2: the fact that I know it's actually for the Zigbee mesh as well makes it even better. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, John says, uh, all my plugs are labeled for each room, which I think is probably a good idea. Kind of labels, Hey, this, this plug is this room. They go away um, with the Christmas lights. And then Brian says, I bought a bunch of extra smart, uh, smart plugs just for the month of December. I can't, see, I can't have extra. That doesn't, that doesn't work for me. Like, I'm not a good extra guy. If I got it, I want to use it. This is the problem with my computers. I can't just have extra computing power around. If I've got a PC, it's got to be doing something, right? You know, and I just, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible about that. It's, it's why crypto has been so good for me in a lot of ways, because whatever extra power I've had or extra hard drive space I've had, um, you know, I, I deploy, I I deploy it to crypto. Gavin, have you, um, any other, when we, going back to your Unraid for a second, any other as we think about you, you know this community anything that you're using in on your box application wise automation wise that you think would fit that would fit the community well that you're doing on unraid
2: well what, one thing running dockers if you haven't played with dockers it's very powerful right like it makes things Simple. So on my Unraid, I run a whole bunch of dockers, as I said. Hoobs is one of them, which is um, um, it, it allows me to integrate uh, Hubitat with uh, Apple HomeKit. Oh. Right. Um, so I have that as a docker on there so I can use uh, Siri to control whatever, as well as the A-Lady to control whatever I want. Right. Um, I have a LAN presence docker. Uh, that one we, is how I detect uh, network presence. Um, of our devices, um, I went a little complicated to. T- it took me a while to perfect that one and figure it out because a lot of people think you could just ping the phones and you know you'll know if it's on or off. But they don't realize that like iPhones will stop responding after a certain amount of time. So when, when they're sleeping, right, they go into sleep mode and that causes a problem because now all of a sudden it thinks you left home or something like that, right? But I wrote a Docker that uses something called ARP ping. Which the phones always respond to until it's off the network, mm-hmm. and then within like I could reach the end of my street when I'm off the network, and then all of a sudden it says, "Oh, you're not home anymore," and then my whole system arms itself, right? And then as soon as I drive into the driveway, it picks us up and it says, "Oh, someone's home. Disarm. You know, welcome home. You're you're good, right?" So th- those are just some of the Docker's. I have like a mosquito Docker running, which is MQTT server, because mm-hmm. um, some things like to use that. I have a Docker to control my Roomba running on it, like. There's there's probably like 50 Docker's on here or something like that.
1: Now, how many of these came stock from community applications, and how many are custom, either written by you or modified by you? Mm, there's a lot of stock ones actually.
2: Um, okay. um it's more the custom ones uh, or the ones that never worked properly, and I had to get it working for yeah. some reason. Um, but like the stock ones, like the Crash Plan, the Dropbox, the Paperless, you know, those all are, are all stock. Those right. are too complicated
1: use crusader at all the moving files around deleting files on the server pretty easily
2: no if i gotta move files i just dropped to the shell and i just use on was it midnight commander or whatever from the shell. i'm a shell guy so i'll go right to the shell and i'll just do it from there gosh i wish i was
1: yeah that sounds (laughs) awesome yeah for me so i you know i got crusader for that um and then radar and sonar for you know kind of managing movies and, and tv shows um, and then Sab um uh, yep. nzb guy uh, yep. cloudberry backup and then i use these two cloudflare ddns um, dockers for essentially going out and, and telling a url uh what my ip address is locally which works out really well cuz i use cloudflare for pretty much everything now Same um, here. Yep. even cuz i you know i'd gone through especially for your ssl certificates i kind of went to now i don't know all the it specific jargon but essentially the certificate is with cloudflare i don't i don't use um Oh, what's the big, what's the free one? What's the major SSL certificate, uh, oh. provider. Um, anyway, it's integrated into other everything. things. I don't integrate into about. everything. Yeah. Let's encrypt. Yeah. It's let's yes. encrypt. Yes. Um, so I stopped using let's encrypt went over to Cloudflare. So using that, uh, uh, NG, uh, NGINX Proxy Manager, and then OMB, which is really cool, kind of a, a front-end web GUI for uh, requesting movies and stuff like that. And then PHP, my admin, Plex, uh, trex miner for that 1060s in there, might as well mine. Uh, my Unify controller runs on there, and then uh, Vault Warden for uh, for Password Manager. So, which is actually, I'm, I'm kind of phasing that out a little bit, kind of going back to LastPass for some people using Vault Warden for some others. So that's all I've kind of paired mine down. We, I don't know. You probably heard the episode where I was kind of talking about not doing as much self hosting anymore. So that yeah. has really been, I was kind of counting. like, wow, where did all my dockers go? Um, I didn't realize how you know much I've slimmed those down. And then a VM, I run a VM for home assistant instead of having it in the docker. You just kind of get some more, more features running that one in a VM.
2: Yeah. I, I can even uh, suggest um, like there's one called prowler um, with two R's. Look okay. up that one for managing um, the, the, you know, the NZB sources and stuff like that, the searches and stuff like that. You might like that mm-hmm. one. Okay. And then when, with your radar and your sonar, there's one's called radar SMA and sonar SMA. Um, and what those integrate is something that auto converts your videos to a format that you want. So every video you get, you put in there, it will then convert it into the format you want, the resolution you want, perfectly how you want it. So they're all the same right now that Um, is that's of beauty so there's i have more dockers like that you've touched on a lot of the ones you mentioned i have um or i've been playing with but there's more like my brother scanner for the my my printer scanner so i can just go to my printer it scans the document sends it to the docker the docker converts it does everything and then puts it in a folder that gets picked up by paperless and then add to my paper You know, collection that's indexed and everything like that, right? So again, automation.
1: What I love about your Unraid is there's a lot of automation focus and a lot of things that you like I feel like mine is is kind of like, like kind of like underwear. It's like unmentionables. You can't really talk about the Dockers that I have on my Unraid server, right? They're kind of just things you don't want to talk about. I and have yours, some of those. Right, exactly. You have some Dockers like I probably ran through too many that I shouldn't but you know, whatever I use them for, I don't know. Um, but they're uh I, I love that your set is very unique to you, that you've customized a lot of them, you've yeah. written a lot of them, and again, all based around automation. You have me thinking about more use cases for Docker. I think my use has been very high level, right? I go to community applications. If it's not there, I haven't put the time in to think about how to get something done. Uh, But there are some things that you've mentioned, like the YouTube example was a perfect example of something that would be a very useful uh, script, right? So if you ever go to community applications and you don't
2: see something in there, right? Click on the search on GitHub link, right? And get the Docker from GitHub because you'll find there's, or not GitHub, it would be Docker Hub. So okay. there'll be a lot more Dockers on there. The only difference is you'll kind of have to figure out all the configuration parameters and put them in manually, Right, but they're there. The Dockers are there. So make sure, and if you get the new community apps, um, they actually took that link out, so they'll make it a little more difficult. You'll have to look up how to do it now in the got newer it. version of community apps.
0: Okay. I will take a look. You Gavin, you automate your pool as well. You've got some pool automation.
2: Um, a little bit, and mainly because it's expensive. Uh When you start looking at real pool automation, it gets expensive, or it's U.S. based only. I can't really get it in Canada. But for now, I've automated the 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 pool pump itself. So just oh, an outdoor
1: swimming pool here. I'm thinking like pool uh, of oh. drive. I'm thinking like I, I didn't know we're okay. Oh, swimming pool. Uh, swimming, yeah, swimming pool. Pool. Okay. pool. Sorry, I'm on the, yeah. I'm, I'm on the same way. Now. I missed so, that somehow. Right
2: now, it's just the pool pump that I automate. And that was one of the first things I automated, to be honest, because it started as an argument. You know, it was 12 o'clock or one o'clock in the morning and we were arguing who's going to turn off the pool pump. Mm -hmm. Right. So I said, you know what, I'm going to automate. That was one of the first things I automated, Uh, put a switch on there. Now it turns off, you know, at night and back on in the morning, that type of thing for how many hours I want. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the second thing I automate is just the temperature. And that was the second argument we had was, oh, what's the temperature in the pool? You
0: go check. No, you go check.
2: <laughs> now we could just ask the A-lady what's the temperature in the pool, and she'll actually tell us. What do you use
0: for the how, – how do you make that work? What What's the sensor, and
2: then how does it get to the – That one was a bit of a pain in the butt Um, now because it's an old Fibaro sensor that allowed the installation of um, uh, external temperature probe. Right, and then you, I just had to write the driver to incorporate all that stuff, and I would put that in my skimmer box, and it worked good. But I can't get that sensor anymore; they don't sell it anymore. Oh, so if that right. ever I just breaks, to write the
1: driver. I just, just had to write. The driver. Yeah, you know, no, no big deal. I just just knock that out, you know, it took me. Two
2: minutes. No minutes. Yeah, actually, I've standardized it now. It's not that bad to write these drivers for <laughs> Z-Wave devices. Oh
0: uh, well, I think once you know the language and you understand yeah. what you're doing, it kind of makes sense, right? You get in there. They, they start a lot of the, a lot of the same things are utilized over and and over again. Yeah. I was, I was kind of thinking about my, you know, my meter, which does a really good job of measuring temperature, but they, they should have one of those for the pool. Yeah. You know that, Mm -hmm. right. There, there's
2: companies that do, um, and they do a lot more. They, it's a little, I can't remember the exact name of it, but you throw it in the pool and it will measure pH and all that stuff and temperature and everything. It goes up to their cloud service, um, it costs so much per month, or you have to get the refills, and yeah. they don't ship to Canada. You know, like so, there's out there, but it's ex- yeah, and they're, Canada. They're yeah, every time I see that, screwed. you guys get screwed
0: <laughs> it all the time. Hey,
2: we just got Wise. uh Wise just opened Canada store yesterday, I think it was. So you know, a lot of people stopped complaining uh, about that
0: now. I think running water and flush toilets have just made it to canada sometimes (laughs) you're like come on get there you know but is ubiquity
1: gear popular up there you were talking about how you know your eero stuff and and i've just been i fall in love more and more i just i install it for other people i do it in my my own place the unified controller man i control like three or four different sites all from one it's and it's just been rock solid for me i rarely ever have issues is that is that big in canada or no
2: um, i was looking at that one of the problems now is because of the chip shortage it's hard to get a lot of things i'm finding oh, yeah, you're probably so when right. I start looking at the ubiquitous stuff it's like oh not in stock not in stock and I, i'm on the the um, i talk with the guys from hometech.fm and you know they they constantly are, are griping about how it's hard to get anything nowadays it's becoming uh, difficult because of this so i i want to switch but also euro is such a big investment it's not cheap to switch just over to ubiquity, you know, I'm looking at like $600 or more. Right. So yeah. you re I really got to be, reach that point where I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm fed up now. I'm going to drop the $600 and just switch, you know, it's,
1: I went with just their APs, so I run pfSense on an old Dell Optiplex box as my router, which is just pfSense. I love it's just rock solid. Never have to reboot that thing. Uh, I have a TP-Link. I just got this one. We we talked about my switch woes a few weeks back. I got a new TP-Link uh, POE managed switch. Uh, it's just an eight port, but that's enough that I can split out into my other sub uh, switches, other TP-Link switches, and then I just grabbed two uh of the ubiquity aps and each of them were only about a 100 bucks i would say i think i actually got them for like 80 at the time um mm-hmm. the ac pros is what i grabbed and they you know that combo for me has has worked pretty well and so because i would love to have the whole line so that i can see all the data especially on the switch side but you're right those <laughs> switches are insanely expensive um so I, I, just, I just went the other route and it's it's worked out pretty well to be honest i have a few of my um friends who i manage theirs and i do just for simplicity's sake i get them the router if they need a smart switch i'll get it for them. most of them don't but unify router some access points however many they need and then when i log into my unify control i love that i can just see their whole network i can see where all the data is going track it all from a remote management standpoint uh it, it couldn't be easier i love that aspect of it Bigger, good how, come,
0: how come you're not managing my network at this point? <laughs> like, I, I, I what? you because talked it, about doing this for friends.
1: I thought it was your friend.
0: Why? You are know you why? Not...
1: I did it for one of the executives at our company. And whenever we're on a Zoom call, and if his Zoom hitches just a little bit. He just says Uyghur, you know, like oh, what's know, going on with my network? No, He's joking, of course, so internet. But I just want to I don't want to be on the podcast and you being like, Why is my internet bad? You know, because <laughs> I'm gonna point a cock, I'm gonna do what Ero does. I'm gonna oh, be like, Cox is Me and, too. Uh, me too. I would do.
0: <laughs> In pre-show, Mike, you and I were talking, and my video started skipping, and I got the meter that shows up. You guys can't see it, but oh. for me, right here on the video, I get this little bandwidth meter that pops up on StreamYard, and that just turns me into a raging, like now I'm so, I have so much PTSD from that experience that I'm just like, and I, listen, I am this close to pulling the trigger with T-Mobile and going, you know, going, it's 50 bucks. I should at least try to switch over to their, you know, their, their home, you know, it's really cellular stuff, but so I don't know. Is it month to month
1: for them? For the yeah, home I, service? Yeah, you can
0: turn it in anytime. Yeah, there's no yeah, so cancellation well fee. I think I'm going yeah. to. Yeah. I just need some time to, because you got to start. You know how it is. You got to switch all. It's never as easy as, like, well, I'm going to unplug this one and plug it back in. Something inevitably goes wrong. Gavin, in your setup, like you got so much equipment that's tied to other equipment that is dependent on other equipment. Do you ever have that cascading failure where? With something fails and something else to fail and something else to fail (laughs)
2: um yeah i would i would have that um but because i understand the links of everything that troubleshooting it i usually knows exactly where it's failing right like my unraid froze the other day and you know things stopped working i was like oh no is this the dreaded moment of you know my unraid died and I'm going to, you know, the wives can't watch TV or something right, like that. Right. You know, you, you fear that day, right? Okay. And I'm okay. like, I, is my backup plan going to be tested right about now? Yep. Right. Um, and then I rebooted, it came up safe, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I think it was just because it's running at like 80% CPU like constantly that that's now i am been starting to offload some of the dockers onto another box, you know, to clean it up.
0: Do you um do you ever get with with equipment being what it is now, and especially new stuff, are you able in your job or throughout to get to get additional equipment refreshes? Cause we're all equipment hoarders, right? We yeah. we all do you have a you have a stash or a place that you can get equipment from if you can't get it new?
2: um no um i just i'm a i'm a big guy on i look at like facebook marketplace i like getting used equipment
1: right because people sometimes
2: don't know what they have and i got old i7s off there for two hundred dollars and i'm like Mm -hmm. awesome i could do so much with this that another person Mm -hmm. doesn't know they can do right yeah so i do get a lot of that and my habitat because i'm so dependent on that I actually sign up, they have like um, a program, a Habitat program that if it ever dies, they ship you a new one mm-hmm. and it backs up to the cloud and everything. So they like get the new one, you restore it from the cloud. Um, you're good. So um, I, I'm in part of that
0: program too. Maybe I should make you my network administrator. That would be, a, that'd, be a a <laughs> that'd be a whole right. lot better. <laughs> Sounds like you got your act together. <laughs> I, I just, this stuff goes down and I'm just like, well, I'll fix it Thursday. You know, I always be
2: proactive with everything like, you know, um, especially with home automation. One of the problems uh, I hear a lot is people are just like I walked into the garage and that sensor is no longer sensing. And then I realized the battery is dead and, uh, you know, and it never replaced. Well, I have apps on my habitat that ping every device and tells it is this still alive if it hasn't responded at least once an hour then you know send me a little te- a message saying hey this device you might want to look at it may have dropped off because battery reporting is not reliable it's hard yeah right mm-hmm. um because they it, 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 some devices will go from 50 percent down to zero right right so if battery reporting is not reliable it's just if it's not responding then right away let me know within the hour this device is down.
0: That's a great idea. That's available. Did you write that one or is that available on Habitat?
2: I wrote my own just because it's based on, but there's a community version that you can get in the Habitat communities that monitors different aspects of devices that mm-hmm. will pull that in. I just tweaked mine to work for me and do yeah. a lot more. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now that's a good idea. You know, I use that on the Ring, um, you know, for the Ring devices they have in Home Assistant, they have a, you can go and monitor the batteries. And yeah. the, the, um, it's funny, the ones that are on solar work, they, they work great. Like I've had them up. They're always at a hundred percent. They may get down to like 92 and then the sun comes out and they go right back up. Um, but the one on, on my, um, on my door, on the front door is supposed to be wired, but all summer the wire thing stopped working. And I, I'll be honest, I don't really know where that wire goes. (laughs) Like, there's a, there's a (laughs) wire that comes out. I have no idea where it terminates in the house. But all winter, it gives it power. As soon as it gets hot, it stops doing it. So I I wonder if I have a transformer or something that's overheating and it just stops, it kind of just stops working. It's, must be in a spot that gets warm, because I don't have air conditioning in the house. So anyways, I just had that experience. It just flipped over. I was looking at it. I'm like, oh, it's charging up my front doorbell again. All summer, I was taking the battery out, recharging it, you know, like, ah, oh, I guess it stopped working. No, well, no, it got cool, started working again. So I, it's, it's a great idea to have that. The The thing for me is, if I'm going to build a dashboard like that, I got to have that where I see it. Because once I put that thing away, I, then I, then I stopped looking at it. I, like, I need a dedicated dashboard monitor that I have to look at just to make sure I know what's going on all the time. That's the way it works for me. Do you have it set up? Like do you get text alerts or does it send you emails or how, how do you know?
2: It depends on what it is. Some of them will send me text alerts. If it's more important, I get an email, right? Cause I don't want to flood my email, but if it's really important, I need an email. If my alarm goes off, I actually have it email me, text me, you know, send me a notification and call me, Right um just and, and I, you. Wow. yeah so that integration i do through actually through ift right? right so i have an integration i wrote a driver that integrates with ift and you send a message and it calls you and reads the message out to you you know and then i add the ift to like my um what do they call it your favorites on your phone so it will yeah. get through even on do not disturb because yeah. your alarm's going off
0: yeah. right
2: <laughs> um so and then I can look at my cameras and see what's going on in the house at that point. Right? I am
0: super intimidated by you, Gavin.
2: I, like, I, uh, yeah, I, it's just this like, is years wow. of this is years of like <laughs> integration uh, here. Oh,
0: this is awesome, though. No, I think um, I think you're in our Discord group. I think you're gonna pro. Right? Did you have you? I I, I try am- your name in there
2: yeah whether or not i open it often is another story Yeah, well <laughs> you if might they wanna... mention my name i'll get a notification
0: right I, I you you should i mentioned your name right before we did the show so i imagine after this show you might get a couple people who are like hey so what's the script for that or yeah where do, where do i find that app so if you're if you're you get into the show at some let's don't overwhelm them but if we <laughs> uh if you got some questions on it jump in our discord group at at Gavin Campbell, I think is what get, will get you there. And, um, uh, you can ask those questions. So Gavin, anything that I missed as far that, that you wanted to talk about that, that, uh, that I didn't cover one of the things you're a Sonos guy too, right? That you do. How many, what, what do you have? What do you have around the house?
2: Um, in terms of Sonos in my family room, I have the beam and two, um, sonos ones as the rear speakers um and then throughout the house i'll have um the ikea sonos speakers those bookshelf speakers um i also have a sonos 5 and the reason i went with sonos airplay 2 we're both uh iphone people um we i really like airplay 2 whatever you're listening to on your phone pick the speakers you want to go to you can send it to the whole house it stays in sync I found when you mix the AirPlay two devices, some would go out of sync. So I stuck with Sonos. It's nice when the whole house is in sync and you're walking from room to room and the music's just blasting. Um, My neighbors, you know, have commented how they can hear it on my music choices, you know, (laughs) right? So it's been really, uh, I'm a Sonos guy. Um, Not just that, but the fact that it has the voice assistant integration means you eliminate one more device in that room. Mm-hmm. right um so i got rid of you know the lady a in the room because i have the sonos right um and then because it's a soundbar on my tv it eliminates i have to have a another soundbar right so it minimizes the number of devices in a room so sonos just worked for me and that's what i went with
1: that's a really good point that i don't yeah. hear talked about very often when it comes to sonos is that you eliminate a lot of other devices i honestly hadn't thought about that before but that's a that's a perfect point Right? And the you, Beam you is amazing. Other items. Yeah. yeah
2: the, the Beam um, surprised me with how well the microphone picks you up. So the TV's blasting, you know, you're enjoying your TV and you say, hey, hey, you know, whatever. And it actually picks you up and mutes the TV and listens. And it's really good. What does it, does it have Amazon
1: built in? Is that Both. The Both, really? Yeah,
2: Google or Amazon, you can only run one at a time. Because I was reading that Google didn't want to allow that, right? Okay. To have both of them where Amazon was okay with it. So yeah, It, but you can pick one or the other and it will do it.
1: Interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. And is that something pretty you know across the line all the new sonos devices have it like the you know, um, tinier speakers or is that a beam only feature
2: no that would be uh it's in only some of the speakers so make sure you look okay. i think it's in the one it's in the beam i don't know if it's in the five i don't think it's in the five so there's only certain ones and then they Got don't it. have it in the IQO ones i don't
1: think either okay good to know yeah it's a huge feature
0: well there you go um Gavin, you, you do some, you, you got a pretty sweet mic there, uh, on the weekends, you do some radio. Yeah. Uh, you told us in the pre-show, a little reggae. How, how would, um, how, how do we hear you if folks wanted to come out and hear what you do from a, from a music standpoint, radio standpoint, like how would we track you down? Where, where's that available?
2: So Where? the, the show is called Radio Doublet. So the website's com, and I'm, going to be moving that over to christians soon oh nice, you know? Maple Grove. Right. nice. Um, mm-hmm. i'm waiting for the renewal to come up i have my co-host set up yeah. to you know like don't renew because i'm going to be moving it yeah. so you know i'm going to be moving it over to him soon but it's radio.plate.com we have the podcast we post the show and we do a weekly sh- a one-hour show and a two-hour show that's all posted to the podcast but you know live it's on vibe 105 in toronto every okay. Saturdays from 6 to 8 uh, p.m
0: spell the website address so folks can can find it uh radio r a d i o dubplate d u b p l a
2: t e dot com dubplate okay. all right yeah, yeah dot
0: com oh cool yeah and and how long you been how long have you been doing a like a you know it, what, what would you call that like uh what's the name for that word it's music and
2: commentary
0: yeah
1: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah yeah so the we've been doing it the show has been there for 26 years with my co-host wow. um i've been doing it for about 20 just over 20 years with him was when
0: you i don't even look like you're 20 how's that possible
1: no, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I know. I, I remember when I started with the mic yeah. in his hand. He's like, All right, put me on the radio, Daddy, I'm, I'm ready.
2: <laughs> but yeah, we've been doing it for many years and the show has changed over the years. So sometimes mm-hmm. we, we went from just playing music, and right now the show has actually we're doing music, but we're also doing a lot of the news, the industry news. So we mm-hmm. talk a lot about the latest stories, the latest headlines and stuff like that, and more industry type stuff while introducing
0: new music yeah right uh, around reggae yeah right? it's all reggae that's yeah. all reggae related right right no super super cool that that you get i mean that's kind of a combination of old school radio and new school internet stuff that yes. you're kind of doing both you got a following that's out there you're get you interview some folks that are in the industry you 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 do that has has that changed with covid at all is that better worse more listeners less listeners
2: um covid has affected like uh, it's harder usually when the artists come to the station you do your interview there right and mm-hmm. it was hard enough getting them to the station but now you're trying to do zoom interviews and stuff mm-hmm. artists are artists are sometimes very difficult to work with <laughs> you know you schedule a time and they don't show up you know right. then you have some artists that are very professional and they do show up and they're on time and they're great interviews you know but we've we've seen um we've done a number of interviews over the many years i like seeing them in person though Mm because then you get to know them and you know every time they came to toronto you'd see them and stuff like that right Mm -hmm. um you know and sometimes you do interview with artists before they were even big because i remember like an artist you would know is sean paul Mm -hmm. right we interviewed him before he was at this level like when they they spelt his name wrong on the record that we were playing right so that's how long ago yeah. he came yeah, with another it. artist and we just happened to interview him and now look yeah. at him today right so yeah it, that's pretty great yeah. that's
0: pretty great what why do you keep doing it like what is it about that that just keeps i mean it's every saturday it's in real time for the radio show right so yeah. you It's, you got to be there at 9 o'clock or whatever that is, kind of. What, what is it about that that just, I mean, that's a long, I mean, We've been doing this ten years, but you've been doing that twenty. Like, what keeps you going on
2: that? Um, Honestly, because my co-hosts are good friends. It's it's a time when we get together and we just talk. Okay, you know, before show, after show, we hang out sometimes too. You know, and we just do it because we love the music, we love the entertainment. You know, Um, just meeting other uh, DJs and you know other hosts. You know, just being involved. It's it's a time to get out. I work from home. I've been working from home for many years now. Um, So getting out to do that was always a great thing because, you know, you get to leave the house. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Are there many in the, in the, in the reggae space? Are there many channels like you, or are you guys fairly unique in the space
2: in Toronto? Surprisingly, we're pretty unique. Um, Our station in general is very unique in terms of what it plays and what it offers. Um, It's a, it's a university station. Mm. Um, There's not a, college st- or a commercial station that's equivalent so our we're pretty unique in what okay. we do in the city
0: that's cool that's cool now that's that's super cool and then do you get for with the internet show do you have like listeners or followers do you hear from do, do folks send you guys notes do you do you hear from your listeners
2: uh we hear from listeners yeah we also hear from artists when they have new songs they'll usually mm-hmm. you know send us the yeah. song in an email or something like that and you'd be surprised because artists coming out of England or we've had people from South Africa, you know, contacting us and surprisingly, you're like, I didn't realize how big it was there, you know, like just the music, not, not our show, but the music in general, there is very big. So it's amazing when you start hearing these things globally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, that's super cool. couple questions. Uh, your Twitter, do, do you, uh, you do much on Twitter?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm always on Twitter. Uh, I think it's G V N Campbell. Um, is on Twitter, right? Um, just because someone took my Gavin Campbell. (laughs) Uh, Uh, How many Gavin Campbells in the world can there be? But apparently, someone took it. A lot. I get emails from Gavin Camp for Gavin Campbells in England. I've gotten them Mm -hmm. throughout the states, and I respond to people, and I actually say, "You got the wrong Gavin Campbell." We have conversations.
0: I have a listen. I have a guy. I grew up in San Jose, California, and there's another James Collison that flies to San Jose every single week takes an Uber from the San Jose airport, five miles to where he works. Thursday, he drives it home. I mean, he he takes it back to the airport and goes, I know this because I get his Uber (laughs) receipts, right? And I have tried, like, how do you contact a guy like that that's your same name? Like, I've thought through this. I've tried to find him. I've tried to look him up. I'm, uh, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm getting your Uber receipts. Not that it matters. There's no security mean it security in that but i'm getting his uber receipts i was he's getting probably stuck uh, in a
1: loop too because when you try to reset that you can't change your email on those platforms because it'll send you a oh let's confirm through your email so yeah. you're probably getting those he, he can never change that email address he's got to set up a whole new oh he's screwed account. he is yeah. totally
0: screwed well i
1: did
2: everybody. uh there was a gavin campbell in new jersey that was uh for some reason i was getting all his orders for pc parts and stuff like that right so i actually went into the account looked up the orders number was on there i texted him i said hey gavin campbell in new jersey this is Gavin Campbell, in Canada. I'm getting all your receipts and your orders. The email's wrong, and you know you responded, and I sent them all the emails and everything like that. And I said, there you go. You know, like you want to change your email, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, well it is. You guys you're right. It is GVN. I, GVN Campbell is your, yeah. is your Twitter. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. I
1: never have this issue. Well, I, I kind of I've been noticing some weird emails lately that I can tell maybe someone mistyped their email. But uh, Vermont Department of Health let me know that I have a a COVID vaccination uh, th- coming up. I'm like, well, I don't live in Vermont. So, uh, but his name's Gideon. Like, well, that's not even first name, like first initial. Know, even weird. even if he was Gideon Weiger. Uh, you know, cause this is just my standard email address. And it, uh, I don't, I don't,
0: I'm pretty sure that this Jim James, he probably goes by James cause the <laughs> young kids don't use Jim. That's an old guy's name. So uh, I'm sure it's a different email address and it, it, and for whatever reason, Gmail is sending it to me. I, anyways, I I, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Um, uh, Gavin, a couple more questions. Do you produce any of your own music? And if you nope. do, do you integrate it in with Unraid or Enterprise Tech? <laughs>
2: I don't I, I don't produce any music. That that's it's a lot of work. Like producing music, web design, stuff like that, I just don't have the patience for. Mm. Right. I've yeah. tried, but it just, you know, y- you're never happy. I I, I found I'm never happy with it. Right. So mm-hmm. it's just I guess it's just me. So I'll never I just don't have the patience for it.
0: Well, you're a tech guy, right? And yeah. that you're you're you what you you were telling me what you kind of brought to the show initially was kind of the tech side of things and the interest in the music, of course, right? But you're not a musician from that standpoint. No. You don't. Is your co-host a musician? Does he does he do any of his own stuff? No,
2: he he's more the voice. He, he he's great at hosting interviews. He's great at coordinating things like that. I kind of keep his PC running, you know, for him <laughs> because. Know. All the right. music's gone digital now. So, you know, I, I look at the, what he was working on. I said, you know what? Let me upgrade your computer. Yeah. And I, I took it from like, yeah. you know, it took him minutes to boot up to 18 seconds. And he was so happy. And then he says, I want to do this live over audio or vi- live video. And then I'll set it all up and get it all going. That type of stuff.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's They guys need guys like that, right? They yeah. need, someone needs, I mean, oh, Mike does some tech support for, some of the guys in his place. You need somebody sometimes to, because the tech side of things uh, is super hard. Jeremy says he gets a dental bill from a Jeremy Dennis in (laughs) California this afternoon. It's happened for years. Uh, I've had phone contacts, credit card bills, you know, um, uh, jo- uh, Joe says I started getting calls on my Google Voice number to activate my heart monitor. <laughs> oh, yeah. I then all of a sudden you're like, oh crap! Like, are they gonna? Can these people like, you know, if it's a heart monitor, maybe this is like serious. I hope I'm yeah. not killing somebody. There's um somebody in the UK who's signed up under my name for Sky. It's I think it's their what 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 is Sky? It's their satellite oh, like TV, TV or satellite TV. Yeah. satellite yeah. TV or something. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no, you're not going to get a response. I mean, I, I don't, I've tried sending them, like, this is the wrong, and again, I think it's where the email is sending it wrong, or I, yeah. I don't know. I don't completely understand it. But, um, yeah, you, you would, I would feel bad if I was getting medical devices for somebody in my, uh, in my email. Okay, Gavin, last question. We always, right. we have to ask this. Are you a crypto guy at all? Have you gotten into the, crypto I stuff at all.
2: tried, so you know you guys convinced me to try and get into it but <laughs> for some reason in canada it's just difficult oh, to get into it um and to get the money in you know trying to use my credit card debit card any account i can't get the money in yeah it just gets re- re- um, rejected they want your your passport they want all sorts of id yeah. scanned and uploaded it's scary because you don't know I got a Coinbase account thinking, all right, Coinbase is legit. I'll get into that. I can't get the money into it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, but I can't get
0: the money into it. And I just gave up. How much hard drive space do you have available? That's maybe maybe uh, you could be you could be mining. It, <laughs> how big's your network? Well,
2: I have enough twelve time for that terabytes. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> the CPU is already maxed. You yeah, know, it's it's right. I mean, here's the wallet address uh, you plug uh, in for your uh, payments. <laughs> don't
1: worry about it, Gavin. All collected. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Well, good good stuff. Well, no, no worries. I just we we always like to check in see if.
1: What we, if should, it was, what we should check in on, though, is the mental state of anyone holding SHIB uh oh, in the past yeah. two days. Oh. It has been a white-knuckle, hold-on-for-your-life oh, yeah. hold uh, type of... I was thinking right of buying more.
0: So, I was thinking I, of buying more. See,
1: Jim, that's how we know you're a seasoned crypto guy. Because when <laughs> the world... This thing has literally declined, like I think, 45% in the last two days. And Jim's like, oh Buying the dip, right? I yeah. think I should buy the dip. I know. That was my thought as well. I bought it and fifty, every-
0: it's at sixty-eight. So you're kinda like, Well, I mean now those that's my that's what I have. I only bought fifty bucks worth. Yeah. It went to hundred and fifteen. And then now it's back down to 68. So that's the swing. Yeah. Yeah. One one of my
2: crypto stories from many years ago is when Bitcoin was now starting. And a buddy messaged me and said, Hey, buy this Bitcoin. You know, it's like a cent, a penny a coin. You know, just put a dollar in. And I was like, No, I don't know what this is. Like, I'm not even going to waste a dollar on it. Right. And now I kind of regret that. Uh, Well, you don't know. You You never know.
0: Because there's a million of these things where you're like, Yeah, just put 50 bucks in and that it's gone
1: for you know, like, a gemini story i, I mean was, it wasn't uh, at a penny it was at like 200 Jim, right is that yeah. when we were uh uh yeah the guest on talking yeah. about it and well we, you and i like both passed two, on it
0: 264 yeah it was yeah, a 200 i mean which nice. sounded expensive at the time but yeah. uh you know well gavin thanks for coming on and and being our guest we'll have to do this again now mm-hmm. that you've got I, that now that i know all this stuff that you have like we're, we're gonna have to do this more often so if i ask again will you come back Oh, of course. Of course. There's so
2: many things I could talk about yeah, you know, that yeah. we didn't even touch.
0: No, you can't in an hour and some change. You can't. We just, yeah. It was great. It was one. It was just great to get to know you. But but two, uh, as you start thinking about if you've got something that we can cover, you know, over the course of a, a show, you know, the deal. Just yeah. just ping me like, you hey, yeah. I got this thing I want to. I'm, I'm always surprised at at. You know, I say that to a lot of folks and they never do. I always have to go back and like, hey, are you ready? And I'm like, I told you, just ping me. So if you get we something We feel cool, like we're
2: bothering you. That's no,
0: why, yeah. no, no <laughs> you're never you're never bothering me. I guess I'd go for anybody listening too. If you got something cool you want to share, send me an email, Jim at the average and, and we'll see if I can get you slotted in. But, uh Gavin thanks for, for coming on I, I will say you mentioned christian and maple Grove partners uh you know you can get secure reliable high-speed hosting from people that you know and trust it'll be, and i think christian's gonna love to host you he's he is digging it whenever we get a listener uh to come over but maplegrovepartners.com. um Gavin thanks for thanks for coming on i appreciate it
2: Oh, it's great to be here to talk about, you know, all this various stuff. Like, like this is the perfect forum for like, I feel for me.
0: (laughs) Well, you've listened, listen, you've listened for a long time. You're the, you you know, if you didn't like it, you would have left a long time ago. So of course it's perfect. I mean, it's the, it's, you're the person, you're the perfect guest for us uh, to come on here. So with that, I'll remind everyone, um, uh, don't forget we are live every Thursday. We do this every Thursday. I saw some new names out there, Mike. We had some new names last week as well. Come out on Thursday nights. We have this good a time every Thursday night. And uh, we'd love to have you join us. 8 p.m. Central, TheAverageGuy.tv slash live. We'll get you there. Um, I have a super cool new tool that I'm going to show these guys in the post show. So when you come out live, you, Gavin, can you stay around for a few minutes on the post Oh, yeah. Show? Okay, <laughs> oh, yeah, perfect. When you come out live, you get, you, you get. Kind of the crazy post show, which is which is kind of fun. So you should be joining us live. And uh, for those who are live, stay with us. With that, we'll say goodnight. Again.